Strange Stuff Sideshow. Stuff you might not know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode two of Strange Stuff Sideshow. I'm one of your hosts, Kat Clifford, and it's my co-host, Emily Pig. And we're going to be talking about things outside the mainstream. Strange, spooky, odd stuff, weird phenomena. Anything that they don't really talk to you about at school, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, so, should we get started? Yeah. What are we talking about this week? Uh, so this week we're talking about black holes, um, and specifically about whether or not they are portals to a fifth dimension. Oh, I'm intrigued, okay. <laughs> so, um, we all kind of know that black holes are perhaps the most mysterious objects in the universe. Um, a black hole is essentially an object that has such a powerful gravitational fo- field that nothing, not even light, can escape it if it strays within a boundary known as the event horizon. So, there's a movie called that. That's about all I know about that. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a movie. <laughs> um, so, though black holes are not directly seen, um, astronomers have identified many objects that appear to be black holes based on observations of how many swirls are around them. So, we all know that, like, we don't know much about them, but they kind of try to explain them with science, but I don't even think that any of these valid. Like, they might be valid, but, like, they don't know. So, wait, so, like, someone just was flying around and saw some swirls and was like, yeah, it's a black hole. Yeah, I think they just, like, saw that there was a void and that there was something, like, what what they had examined the Earth, like, that, um, like, the universe was doing. Mm. At this point, what it was doing is not normal to what the other points of the universe were doing. And so they're like, okay, well, why is this acting differently? And then I think they just essentially came up with the idea that maybe it's something we can't see. And that was it. That's where they left it at. They were just like, okay, this is... This sounds very, like, fluffy for science. Yeah. (laughs) It's a thing. We don't really know. It's a hole. It's a black hole. It's fine. Well, that's the thing. It's like, for science, I feel like you can't really, like, determine anything unless, like, you can actually prove it Mm -hmm. with, like, you know, scientific, like, method. Mm -hmm. And this is the one thing that they just feel like, no, I'm going to name it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call it something. We're going to use the terminology all the time, but we have no idea what it is. <laughs> we can explain it in like the best like human sense we possibly can, but we don't know. Because <laughs> we can't even see it. <laughs> it's not like you can like throw a rock into it and be like, okay, I feel like my point is valid and like what I think it is is correct because you can't even do that. Why haven't they made a black hole? Oh, that is a great I have no idea. Isn't isn't it isn't that what CERN is? Sort of? Well, yeah. But, like, that goes into a whole realm of, like, what, what, how much did they disclose and how much is just people talking so about They don't know what a black hole is, but they're like, let's make one. It's probably, it's probably <laughs> because they were like, oh, man, we have no idea what this is. Yeah. And we can't just sit here on Earth being like, oh, I don't know what's going to come out of that Oh, one great, day. so let's just make it. And yeah. it might just, I heard, I read in an article that um, we were moving towards whatever is at CERN, one millimeter a year. So eventually we're probably just going to all get sucked into that black hole. Yeah, well, this is the interesting thing that (laughs) 
I kind of find it kind of funny, but they there was an article that just came out like a month ago saying that like scientists are pretty sure they found a portal to the fifth dimension, and I don't think it's that far from Earth. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was like oh they created one and then they're like oh two years later let's say like oh we found it. No, it's still us. Exactly. So yeah, so um, there was uh, the university. Um, that uh, I don't even know where this is. I think this is in Germany. Um, they found some evidence that these particles may be moving into a fifth dimension um, and becoming akin to dark matter relics. Um, this can only be explained by the particles moving out of our current dimension into another. The process would happen out of sight of conventional scientific observation, but would explain doc dark matter masses because it happens in another dimension and then moves to ours. So, well, I watched this video the other day about um, 2D, like, dimension to, like, 3D dimension mm-hmm. and how, like, 2D dimension would not be able to actually, like, perceive and see a 3D dimension. No, like, if you put your hand into a 2D dimension, yeah. I, from what I understand, all they'd see is, like, five circles. Because that would be, like, your fingers and thumb. Yes, depending on which angle you yeah, have it. Or yeah. just, like, a flat line. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows that if not, the black hole is not a dimension. And, and or from another dimension, we just can't perceive it because we're in a, you know, 3D environment. It's very interesting. So it is completely possible, and it would make sense why, like, first off, that it's invisible, and second off, that it's just there. And, like, who knows if that's not more, like, aliens come in and out of or people from other dimensions, or beings from other dimensions just come in and out of there, and which is why we're like, oh, why haven't we found anything on these other planets? Obviously, there's many other reasons (laughs) why we haven't found anything on these other planets, but that could explain why, like, hey, yeah, we would never, because they wouldn't want us to. That's interesting. It actually reminds me of another theory that Atlantis, or what people, like... The legend of Atlantis comes from was actually a um, place that was on Earth that was when we had more like intellectual, you know, power, or we could see more, or we were more in tune with other dimensions, and that actually it was built in the fifth dimension, which is why we can't find it because we haven't got back to that point yet. Yes, which exactly. Is like Lemuria is basically the yes. original. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that theory. Well, that's that's the other thing is like now then you can talk about black holes or portals on Earth, mm-hmm. and that's a whole another ball game. Um, but they essentially revealed NASA revealed that falling into a black hole would lead to another reality where you would experience the unfathomable. So like NASA even was like, okay, yeah, we don't know much about black holes. We probably could assume that they might actually be a portal to another dimension. We can't guarantee, but it would make sense why we can't see them. Do you think it would also be maybe a portal to a parallel universe that's like this one, but slightly different, or one of the many? That's the thing, is that there's so many black holes. And there's so many black holes probably we haven't even discovered Mm -hmm. that are near because probably nobody was looking hard enough, you know? (laughs) So it is definitely possible that there's just like, although that makes me kind of nervous, because, like, what if, like, space travel becomes, like, the norm, mm-hmm. and you don't know there's a black hole there, and you just go, like, right through it, and you're like, oh, great, 
Where am I? I feel like the Asian fiction show where that happens. There is. Um, they have that in, uh, like, a premise in Star Trek, in the, one of the movies. Uh-huh. I think it's the 2009 movie, and they essentially have it, but, like, they use it as, like, um, a wormhole, like, the time-space, yeah. like, traveling to a different time mm-hmm. kind of situation instead of to another dimension or to another reality, but I guess that is technically the same thing, mm-hmm. depending on what you're... Yeah, it is. I wonder what the fifth dimension would look like. I feel like I think is it. I think it's Grant Morrison, the guy who did like the Invisibles comic and that. He's like a chaos magician. Yeah. And that he spoke about um, that he he says he got abducted by aliens in mm-hmm. Kathmandu. <laughs> like he went there to get abducted by aliens. Yeah. And that they took him to the. I think he says the fifth dimension, and he said it's basically. Like, you know, like, we've already mentioned this, weirdly, but in Donnie Darko, where you said how you're attached through, like, astral projection. Yeah. He said it was, like, that's the closest thing he can explain the fifth dimension to, is that you're like a worm, like, you're like that thing in Donnie Darko. Yeah. And you exist in all your different times that you've ever existed. Yeah. So, like, you're like a snake of everything. So you're, like, still attached to, like, the time you were born and through all your experiences, but you're, like... You can see it. Okay, so we essentially just have to get out of our 3D bodies mm. to get into some kind of situation where we're in another dimension. Yeah. So maybe it's a lot easier to access other dimensions than we thought. But are you, like, living all of those experiences if you're, like, this big snake thing at once? Yeah, well, because you probably essentially be outside of time and space. Yes. So you, anything would be possible. And the whole you know, boundaries that we are forced upon right now would not exist. And if the thing is that, the thing that I think most of us is that we'd be a little freaked out, but you wouldn't be because it'd be the norm. It'd be just as, like, if we got into a body, although, to be fair, babies do cry when they come out of, you know, their mothers, so maybe <laughs> this life is also a little scary for, <laughs> for whoever. Maybe it's because we were either two-dimensional, and we're like, oh my god, flat lines and circles, and now it's like... <laughs> Maybe that's why we think the Earth is flat, because we used to live in two dimensions. Right? And then maybe we go move up in dimension throughout life. Who knows? It's interesting. Well, they say... Yeah. That, I don't know. So they say there's like eight, at least, right? Because yeah. that dimensional fields would go up in the octaves. Like, the octaves of music, the same vibrational frequency. Yeah. So which one are we in? Or like, is it the third octave, or are you in something inside an octave? Interesting. Well, I would assume that we think of, like, dimensions and portals to go into, like, a separate place, but I'm assuming it's the same place, it's just... You can see more. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense, especially with the Atlantis thing as well. Yeah. But there could be separate places outside of that, so there could be, like... You know, obviously there's more stars and more galaxies and blah, blah, blah. And then within all of those galaxies, they also have the eight dimensions. Oh, fuck you. Why am I mind, man? Yeah. (laughs) But it could be. Easily, it could be. And then, but once we get to those dimensions, maybe traveling through them is not as hard as we perceive right now. Because right now it sounds crazy, but it might not be as crazy. Yeah, what did you book up this week are we, are we done yeah like, okay well mine is kind of like along the same lines which is good 
I think. Is that like I don't know. Well, I don't know. In our last episode, they were very, very different. So this one's a little, a little closer. So I, I kind of looked at time slips or like, trans, like, kind of time travel, but like a lot of the examples I found were more like, um, like people are just like enjoying their vacation and then they are transported to like hundreds of years ago. Really? Yes. From what, where, in, like, where's this vacation? Okay, so let me tell you a couple of them. So the first one I've got is known as the Mobile Jourdain incident. And it was basically in 1901, these two British women, they went to the Palace of Versailles in France. Okay. And then they said, like, when they went in the palace, they claimed to see people wearing, like, strange, like, olden days clothes. And then they could see buildings that hadn't been there since the 1700s. And I think this this is super far-fetched, like, if you're a kid of a story, that they actually even saw Marie Antoinette doodling in her sketchbook. Yeah, like, how, what drugs were they on? <laughs> That's my question. Well, we'll get into that in a bit, but there is actually a scientific phenomenon that has been potentially attributed to these women's experience. They actually... The other thing about these people is they wrote a book about it afterwards, I believe. So were they obsessed with her? Is that why, like... I don't know. Well, you... I feel like... Not always. Like, you might have just gone to France and been like, hey, let's go to the Palace of Versailles. But, like, if you're going there, I feel like you might be going there for a reason because you're obsessed with Marie Antoinette. Yeah. And then you would know about the buildings that were there originally. Yeah. So I don't know about that. Unless somebody just looked like her. But the clothes would be different. That is fair. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's quite a strange one. Um, but then there's another one I found that was from France as well, which was, like, more recent. Mm-hmm. And this one seems... I don't know. But I don't think these people, like, they just told their story. They didn't really write a book or anything. So potentially more viable. I'm not really sure. Yes. Yeah. But then 1979, two couples, uh, again in France, driving on a, like a driving through on holiday, Jeff and Pauline Simpson and Cynthia Gisby. Oh, just, oh, Len and Cynthia Gisby. Um, they're looking for a place where they can stay the night near Mon- Montelimar. And they find this like hotel or like Airbnb or whatever. And they were told there was... No, probably not an Airbnb in 1979. <laughs> anyway, they were, t- <laughs> they were told there was no vacancies. And they should try, like, further down the street. Uh, so they drove down there, and then they find themselves on this, like, cobbled street. And they they said it was, like, really odd and old-fashioned, and there was, like, an old-fashioned, like, sign for, like, a circus or something. Interesting. And then... so they So they find this, like building that's like real old school looking and it's apparently like an inn so they go in there they get shown to their rooms the windows have no glass in them uh they're just like wooden shutters like old school uh the furniture's like there's no pillows or anything it's literally just like a bed and then they get fed steak eggs and beer for breakfast (laughs) which oh no for dinner i don't know anyway there's not even like telephones in the rooms nothing yeah. Um, and then at breakfast in the, the next morning, 
they see again people wearing weird clothing you know uh what was they say? a woman in a silk evening gown came in carrying a dog that just could be like some kinky hotel right. <laughs> um and but then later in the day policemen's Policemen came in and they're wearing uniforms that were later identified to be from 1905. They came in to eat while these people were sitting in there. Um, Later, they paid their bill and they were asked for only 19 francs for the night, which is like two pounds, which is like four dollars. And they were like, okay, which obviously money appreciates in value or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then two weeks... Uh, afterwards they wanted to like I think they were coming back from their holiday so they were going to stay in town again um, and when they went back the, the town wasn't there or the hotel wasn't there and any pictures they'd taken there didn't like have anything in on them and they could never like locate the hotel again interesting so I don't know what do you think about that one well the first one I and the first one is just a bit nuts. I'm not really sure about that one. Well, yes and no. Like, I maybe, but like, if it is true, the one, the best explanation I could think of is like, you know, there's a time traveler. Have you ever seen like time travelers like come out of their time travel portal? Yes. So you know how they like kind of walk away from the scene because they just came out of this and nowhere. Yeah. Well, what if that portal's open for a couple of seconds and somebody accidentally walks into it? Oh, that makes sense yeah like that well that's the thing is like you have especially with like i'm assuming these populated places well i mean yes the palace of our sizes the other place is like kind of not yes but the second one yeah i think that it could be a little bit different i think potentially when was this what year that was 1979 who knows what the government was doing and they could have, um, I think potentially at this time, I'm not entirely sure, but could have implemented memories into somebody's brain. That's I would think that thought. they would put a more accurate memory that would be more to the time so that somebody wouldn't question it. However, who knows? Like, what, what technology, if they knew, if they could actually place specific memories or if they could just place a memory or if they could just place certain things into it. And, like, wow. for that two weeks or however long they were there for, that they... Um, essentially were being experimented on. That's interesting. I didn't even think of that. Because I was thinking, that kind of, like, reminds me of potentially, like, you know, like, sleeper agents? Mm -hmm. People who were, like, programmed to be assassins. Yes. But didn't know. Yeah. Like, the, the, for me, like, I think that, like, from what I've read, I guess they use certain things. Like, uh, if you look at, like, the MK Ultra experiments, they yeah. use a lot of imagery from um, Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. when they're, like, programming people, like the White Rabbit and stuff. Yeah. And, like, lots of mazes and labyrinths and symbology surrounding that. But, in, like, for me, like, the woman in the silk dress with the dog, that mm-hmm. seems like... You know when you're trying to remember something and they tell you to remember something really weird yeah. to help you remember? That seems to me like almost like someone who was programming, someone's brain was like, and then we put in this woman in the silk dress with a dog and that yeah. means something and it will trigger some sort of memory. Yes. 
or I don't know. It just seems very far-fetched, but also, like, it could be a real thought, but maybe not in the way that thoughts are generally, in, like, memory, memories are mm-hmm. generally generated. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it is, yeah, the 70s, I feel like, was a time when America, especially, was doing a lot of weird testing on people. Yeah. And who knows if the French government was... Well, I don't actually... It doesn't actually say where these people are from, either. They could be American. Yeah. So... <laughs> And they just had dreamt of a trip because that was placed into their brains. You never know. Mm. But yeah, the first one, I think it potentially, like, if it if it is real, it could be a mistaken portal. Mm-hmm. Although, I could just imagine the situation where, like, the person who created the portal yeah. is like, oh, damn it, somebody went through. <laughs> How do we get this person out? And, like, having to, like, that's like a movie in on itself. It's yeah. like how somebody, like, tries to get these people back out of this... Portal. That's true. Or do you just leave them? Oh. Well, we're not talking about how many people have gone through and not come back. Yeah. What if they just got stuck there? Yeah. Like in the Bermuda Triangle where things disappear. Maybe mm-hmm. they're like, there's a specific portal that's. I mean, the Bermuda Triangle is an episode in itself. Yeah. But like. That's very interesting. When people, like, say, like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not who I am, I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. Who knows if not, they got trapped in this portal and got sent to a different time and they are exactly who they say they are but people don't believe them that would be very uncomfortable to be put in that situation (laughs) (laughs) that's a weird one because there'd be no way for anyone to ever believe you not a single person because nobody actually really believes in time travel at this point well talking about like weird time travel stories okay so this is a really strange one, and I've actually read something about this before, but, like, this obviously could be a hoax, but it's just weird and interesting, and, again, has a little reference to CERN, but I'm not sure, like, when did CERN, like, become a thing? To be fair, no one told me about it. Okay, oh. so I'm thinking, like, it kind of been, it was, definitely wasn't this long ago, put it that way, so in 2000... On an internet forum on time travel, a user responded to an idea someone had been talking about, about how a theoretical time machine could be built, basically stating that this idea would work. So it's like someone posted their idea and someone was like, this would work, um, and said, in fact, the beginnings of time travel would start at CERN, which I don't know how, like, there must have been some information about it, I assume, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. If it if the if there wasn't really well, aren't they uh, like a group that essentially works on that so it's not too far fetched that like they would have been having conversations about that way yeah. before I don't know I don't know how well known they were then but you probably have looked into that but there you go <laughs> um, so anyway so they said that the beginnings of time travel would start at CERN in roughly uh, two thousand and one. And end in 2034 with the first time machine being built. And this guy said he'd been sent back to the... Now, this bit I'm not really sure about. Because it seems like it's almost made up because of what was going on or had recently happened in the world. So, this guy said he'd been sent back to the year 1975 to retrieve a computer from IBM they were going to use to help them fix a bug similar to the Y2K phenomena but that would occur in 2038, and that he had stopped in 2000 for a rest on his way back to the future. Oh, okay. 
So, uh... <laughs> wow. I mean... Kate, similar to, to... Does he understand what the Y2K was? Why would it happen in 38? I don't know. That's, that, that, that was the whole thing was that it was going to change millennia, right? And they, like, on the calendar, and it would crash, like, loads of computers because they wouldn't know that a two could be there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it has nothing to do with 38. <laughs> and anyway, she unless for some reason all the computers... Are all I don't know why, also, you'd be like, hey, do you know what will fix this? A computer from 1975. I, With all of the technology that we have, even now, comparatively. Clearly, at this point in time, he didn't understand <laughs> what technology was going to be at this point. Yeah. And, and had the very limited... That's ridiculous. I know. I just thought I was mentioning it because of the mention of CERN. It was, it was a discussion... It was the original thing was posted in two thousand, and then he like so he gave had two more computers at the time. He had the ninety five and the ninety eight. <laughs> so, so that's what he's basing his his <laughs> his technology off of is the uh, Windows ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just I just thought the mention of CERN was interesting, but I, again, I didn't have much time to research this episode, so I don't know if. I don't know. I've heard a lot of other time travel stuff, though, that's weird. You know, like, there's the, the picture of the guy in, like, sunglasses in a photo in, like, the 1930s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the weird thing about... Uh, is it Donald Trump being a time traveller? Have you heard this? I've heard a lot of time travelling ones. Some of them are pretty funny. Yeah. Like, I think the re- most recent one is Justin Timberlake, who's yeah. found in an old-timey photo... Yeah, well, there's a a whole sequence of them, isn't there? There's, like, Nicolas Cage, John Travolta. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I know. They're all from the past. I don't know. It's (laughs) interesting. But the Donald Trump one is... It's either Donald Trump or someone in his family of something I read. He's, like... It's in a book that was written in, like, 1912 or something, and it has all their names in it and shit. I don't know. It's fucking weird. I feel like Trump is probably a fairly common name. Well, maybe his maybe his mind is warped like, by all the time travel. That's why he's a fucking nutcase it, asshole. I wouldn't put it past, but having the name, if it was like Donald Shebang, then maybe it'd be like a little bit like, okay, this name probably has like one family. That's <laughs> like a drag king name. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So that's that. Well, I had some... A couple of little theories um, about the the going back to the the France thing mm-hmm. of the things I was thinking about anyway. Um, well, so the first one, the the scientific phenomena thing, I was going to tell you about the two women, the Jordan Moberly incident or whatever it was. Yep. So some scientific and like psychological ideas on that is that they had a foyer or deux. Again, my I, my French is terrible, so um, that <laughs> I tried, <laughs> but uh, that uh, translates as um, madness for two, which is known as a shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder, and is a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are tra- transmitted from one individual to the other. Um, it's an it interpersonal relationship that are characterized by being close, lasting and isolated from a social 
all environment also have been identified as risk factors for the occurrence of foyer-odeur. This intimate interaction is an essential factor in the development of a shared psychotic disorder. Well, potentially. We don't know what the relationship of these two women was, and I guess it was, like, early in the century, women were kind of isolated more than they are now because they, like, had to stay at home and... I don't know if they were, like, sisters or best friends or whatever, but that's... And, like, imagine they were both obsessed with, like, Mary Antoinette. Like, they read stories and... To, to be fair, that this this stuff kind of stuff does happen, even to, like, mass populations. Mm-hmm. Like, they do experience, like, the same thing. Well, even when we were talking about the Jersey Devil in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and also, like, even, like, people I know have been on some sort of psychedelic and had a shared delusion mm-hmm. about whatever. I think some of my friends... I remember this years ago, I think they said they all saw, like, four of them saw a giant Lego man walking towards them. (laughs) To have a shared delusion on drugs, that I actually believe more than this. Well, who knows? What if they were on some kind of drugs? We don't know. We don't know them. That's true. They could have been, anything could have been laced with anything, or who knows, like, if they didn't have, like, a fever, or... Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Or even if one person saw it, and then the second person just wanted to be a supportive friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you that. That's fine. And it's like, she just, like, lets her friend take the fall, then she's probably going to get locked up at that time. Mm-hmm. If she just kept going around talking about it, she's like, well, if there's two of us, <laughs> then maybe there's Then we can write a book about it or, instead. Or we can get locked up together. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, And then, this is my own theory i don't know it's a little far-fetched but this is what i came up with okay so so i found it interesting that a couple of them were in france okay Mm -hmm. and if you're talking about um mary antoinette especially she was like beheaded in the french revolution right like so in the time of the french revolution there was like huge energy and like focus of people on particularly people like mary antoinette right so, like, you know how poltergeists apparently appear when there's, like... You know, they often appear in houses where teenagers live because there's, like, high energy that's not... It's, like, f- focused intensely on, on something. Yeah. That potentially those are, like, imprints. There's, like, imprints left from, like, this huge energy and focus. And the Palace of Versailles would have been a huge focus for, like, people involved in the revolution and dethroned in the French monarchy. So potentially they walked into an energy force. Yeah, like an energy imprint that had been left there. To be fair, energy does not get destroyed. It kind of just changes. And if there was a strong enough field, there is a chance that yes. Because, like, yes, same thing with, like, spirits, what you're saying, Mm -hmm. is that they do get, like, left behind places. Mm Mm-hmm. So. the other... (laughs) I'm just going down, like, literally how my brain jumps from... Do you think, like, maybe her ghost was just left there? But then the buildings and stuff, like, do they have enough energy to just be left behind? But no, but, like, I was thinking, like, so it's the Palace of Versailles, right? So there and all the buildings around it were probably where the aristocracy lived, which were the focus of the French Revolution, or a lot of the aristocracy or rich people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's just a thought I had. And then here's my brain jumping around again. (laughs) Just from it being a couple in France is where I've gone down this rabbit hole of my own brain. But, 
So also, the other thing I was thinking about is that in France, and maybe this would relate more to the other one, because, no, actually it wouldn't, because they said the uniforms were from 1905. Okay, well, I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) in France, there were, like, huge werewolf and witch trials, right, in, like, medieval times. Yeah. And a lot of people said that those... Um, were caused by ergot, which is a kind of mould that is found in bread and it had like infected loads of the rye and then people were eating it and having these mass hallucinations which is why they were reporting like werewolves and witches and shit flying around and demons and stuff, right? Yeah. That combined with the church being like, demons! <laughs> the time, okay? Yeah. But like, I was thinking like, so that happened. So there's all these people having hallucinations, but were they actually having hallucinations or were they seeing demonic energies and things that were actually there because the veil was thinner because they were basically tripping balls on acid and, like, that them that many people seeing a thinner veil, again, I don't know, left some kind of imprint or some kind of thinner line in reality, which is why people could then go through some sort of force field into different times. I don't know. That is a fair point, and then I'm just going to take that, and I'm going to run with it. Well, what if these, I, I don't know if they were sisters or whatever, but what if they had some kind of psychic ability, and were able True. to see some kind of, like, you know, dimension? Because, like, I, I hear people talk about this all the time, where different places in the world have more vibrational energy mm-hmm. than other places. But ley lines, for one. Yeah, and so what if, like, that is an area, which, like, would make sense why, like, a lot of stuff happened, mm-hmm. you know, there. Um, or that could have also helped create the energy that is there. And they, so this is a new place for them, mm-hmm. that they weren't aware of what was going on with them and what was going on with the place, and it just happened to be that the two of them together ended up being, like, a magical combination where they were able to see stuff that, you know, other mm-hmm. people wouldn't be able to see. Or other people can see, and they just, you know, psychics who do live there yeah. were probably like, oh, yeah, I see her all the time. Well, that's true. And then, interestingly, maybe, I don't really know, but Versailles. Mm -hmm. So this was 1901, I think I said. And then, what, Versailles becomes a hugely important place for, like, the entirety of the next century, just, like, 20 years later, after World War I. Yeah. So maybe there was some sort of connection. Maybe they knew something was going to happen. Maybe it was a misinterpretation of what they were supposed to take from that. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. If they did have some sort of psychic ability, mm-hmm. or even if they didn't, and it, it had showed itself for the first time. Yes. So there's that. So I don't know. That's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, now, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about with regards to, like, weird, freaky time travel shit. <laughs> and that is the Philadelphia Experiment. Yes. My favourite. It's your favorite. Yeah, I, my dad told me about this when I was about 10 years old. My dad told me about this when I was 10 years old. <laughs> and I've been, like, obsessed with it ever since. But, like, it apparently... Okay, so apparently it has not so much base in, like... Like, they can't find, like, evidence. And I'm like, that means jack shit when you're talking about the American government. I know. <laughs> okay, so... The Philadelphia Experiment... Is an alleged military experiment. It was meant to have happened uh, in 1943 in a shipyard in Philadelphia, Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. There you go, 
in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, United States, <laughs> um, on, on October 28th, yeah. And the U.S. Navy destroyer escort, the USS Eldridge, was claimed to have been rendered, like, invisibly cloaked to enemy devices. That's what they were doing. They were trying to make an invisible boat, right? So yeah. that they could use it for war shit. Uh, so apparently the story didn't actually appear till 1955 in letters of an unknown origin sent to a UFO writer, Morris K. Um, and the US Navy are going, uh, to this day still are like, no, never happened. Yeah. But loads of people saw it, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Um, so the author of the letters claimed that they'd witnessed a secret, the secret World War II experiment in Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, as he said. He said in the experiment, the USS Eldridge disappeared and was teleported to New York, teleported to another dimension where it encountered, like, space aliens or aliens or, I guess, potentially interdimensional beings, mm-hmm. uh, teleported through time. And it resulted in the deaths of several people on board, several sailors, and some of them came back fused to the ship's hull. Jeez. Which is the thing that always... That was what, when I was a kid, I was like, fuck. Like, I got real freaked out about. Because yeah. they were, like, in the metal. Yeah. Because, obviously, the the molecular structure yeah. had changed. Yeah. So, then... So, after these letters appeared in this book, in 1957... The Office of Naval Research received, like, a parcel which had the book in it covered in, like, weird annotations from, like, what they think were three separate people, but they did identify the writing of one of them as being the person who wrote the original letter to the guy who was doing the book on UFOs. Mm -hmm. So that's just another random weird bit I didn't actually know before in the story. So I, I don't know, like, is that someone who is trying to, like... It doesn't seem like a hoax, because all the letters were like... I don't know. It just seems weird. Like, it seems to me like, potentially, someone saw something that the US government didn't like them seeing, so they had to disappear, and then they were trying to get their message out, but, like, potentially had even been, like, victims of, like, being put somewhere, being tortured. I don't know. Yeah. And that their brains are a bit scrambled at this point. Yeah. Well, so with the whole experiment, it, it is incredibly possible because Tesla was um, ahead of his time with his technology. And w- it was a generator. It was like a electrical generator or something like that. Something that like essentially shook up electrons and that's how they were able to I get think it. so. Like some people say they were using like Electrical generators to bend light around the object via refraction. But that's not how... That would just be like a trick of the eye. That would not be what it seems like they were actually doing. Exactly. Well, like, um, I don't... I can't remember which movie it is. um, But they essentially... Maybe it's The Prestige or The Illusionist or something. Mm -hmm. Um, They essentially have the machine and, like, Hugh Jackman, as his magic trick, uses the machine to essentially jump through time mm-hmm. to do his magic trick. Yeah. But didn't tell anyone that this is what the machine is. And I think that they use Nikola Tesla um, as, like, the inventor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is essentially the machine that 
they're working off of is the one that they used in the experiment is that essentially I think it shakes up like electrons um, and makes them so like um, has such a high vibrational that like you can then move something through them because they're not so tightly packed against each other. Well, that was very much the the style that Nikola Tesla invented in, like his earthquake machine. Yeah, the little hammer that would just like shake the molecules until it like eventually became yeah. like liquidy, so it would cause an earthquake or whatever. Yeah, so I think he understood like that, like if there's enough force in anything mm-hmm. that you can, you know, shake some stuff up, and so yeah, that that essentially it wouldn't like there's no. Especially because they now realize that, like, you know, if you think about, like, atoms and stuff like that, there is always, like, a little bit of space mm-hmm. between everything, like, every electron, every, you know, part of it. So if you were able to shake enough enough to separate it, you would be able to put something through it. Mm-hmm. So it is incredibly possible. Um, it's 100% possible, but... And then also, yeah, once again, back to the U.S. government, not super surprised that they would try to cover that up, mm. that they are using these experiments and that they are using this technology. And Well, like, also, well, they would not want anyone to find out that they had managed to, like, transport a ship, like, thousands of miles across the country. Yeah. Like, because they wouldn't the- want any other countries to know either, because then it would give them, like, a heads up. Yeah, exactly. And if this happened in when 19, the 1940s, imagine what they can fucking do now. Yes. Like, no, no. It's like literal, like, teleportation. So I think... So apparently there was, like, two separate tests. Yep. So the first one had happened in the summer of 1943, and the test in one of these tests rendered the Eldridge being nearly invisible and witnesses... So there were obviously other witnesses saw a greenish fog that appeared in the place of the ship. Mm-hmm. Crew members that were on the ship then complained of severe nausea. And again, some of the sailors were apparently embedded in the ship, um, but like just like a hand in the wall in yeah. the steel or something. And that they went a bit crazy afterwards. But then... The second one, which is the main one, which we were talking about, where the ship apparently appeared in New York, yeah. that was done in October, as we know, and that apparently the reason it went all fucky is because someone hadn't recalibrated the equipment properly from the first experiment. But that doesn't make sense. No, why Not, would you take so... Like, like why would you just be like, oh, don't worry, we've, yeah. got, we've got, like, months until October, we'll just not do anything to the equipment. Like, there's all these theories floating around. Especially if this is, like, maybe your only chance to actually try this experiment. I'd be like, oh, my not, let's not, let's not worry about it. It's yeah. good. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, the experiment in 1943, I'm also getting there, got transported over 200 miles to Norfolk, Virginia and sat for some time in the view of other sailors aboard the SS Andrew Ferusef then it disappeared and then went back to Philadelphia and it was also said that the warship went approximately 10 minutes back in time so I don't know there seems to be like 10 million things because it said New York earlier did it not? Yeah that was the common one. But yeah so the gist is that it appeared but I've heard that it was also seen by other sailors before Yeah. which they're like you know trusted witnesses like there's not I feel like 
a bunch of like military people are not just gonna make up that a ship just appeared and then disappeared in front of yeah, them. Yeah, they're not thinking to gain. No, just making up some stuff. Exactly, there. and potentially losing their jobs because they'll be like, "You're fucking crackers." Yeah, like yeah, you need to get off the boat. You're clearly losing your mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get off the boat. I'm fused into it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, though. The thing is, is that anyone who saw it or who was on that ship has probably got just shipped off to, like, an insane asylum mm-hmm. because of, like, the time period. And then what, they're going to be like, I was on a boat and I went through time and I saw space aliens. And then people are going to be like, um, yeah, but you were also in a lunatic asylum. So I'm not going to, I'm going to take everything you say with a pinch of salt. Yeah. So this story is, I mean, that would have been damage control, right? I'm quite curious about family, like, if they had family. Um, and how that would, like, would the family believe them? Would they tell the family? Or is this, like, PTSD where they would just, like, never speak about the story anymore? Like, or does this family know the story and they pass it down? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, that I find interesting. Like, that, you know, there'd be a family out there that are like, yeah, this happened. And mm-hmm. no one knows. And, like, how do you, like, go on life? And, like, do you, like, share it? Do you just, like, let's just end it here? Like, because... That'd be such a big thing mm-hmm. in your family. Well, I don't know, but like, if you do, you know the Montauk experiments. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of what Stranger Things is based on. Yeah. So they took a bunch of, they basically just stole children or got them from orphanages, I think, and yeah. put them into this experiment where they were like, again, trying to like rip holes into other dimensions with like psychic children. Yeah. It's basically like what Eleven is. Um. But yeah, so like I would not be surprised if they knew they were going to do this experiment. They picked a bunch of soldiers or like navy naval people who didn't have families. Yeah, like they would just go through their history and be like, "Oh, you've got no family, so no one cares what happens to you." Yes, no, it's true. And no, and like obviously, family bonds are like, like even if someone comes to you and it's like, "I was on a boat and I disappeared to another dimension." Even if you don't initially believe them, like, you would know them as a person to be able to talk to them, to be able to kind of discern what actually happened and stuff, you know? But if you have no one to... No one who has that bond with you, then... I don't know. No, you're right. They probably would pick those specific people. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't mean they couldn't have families afterwards or talk to people who have close relationships afterwards if they were able to even get out and live a life or if they were just all... You know, taken and murdered. Who the heck knows? But, I don't know. Because, I know, like, there are a lot of, like, people who say different, like, um, situations that happen to them, and their family doesn't believe them. Well, yeah! That would drive you probably even more crazy. Well, that's true. I don't know. It's it's food for thought. That's all we can say on any of these subjects, because we have no, like... Conclusion. Yeah, we can just me, look at my stomach. Yeah, you're hungry. <laughs> it's time to end. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this. We can always revisit some of the things. And actually, I have some really cool stuff that might be a good episode on Nikola Tesla. And I know that you know a lot about him as well. I love him. So, um, yeah, probably maybe... a horrendous person, but it's so in- interesting, so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust anyone who does micro naps. That's the thing. I don't. I also don't trust anybody who knows so much information. Oh well, I can. I can shed some light on that. Yeah. So maybe that should be our next episode. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening. This has been the Strange Stuff Sideshow, second episode. Woohoo! Um, hopefully, you'll join us next time. Hopefully, you found some nuggets of interesting stuff in here, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Cuddle my butt.